May 22nd, 2023. We're in Masechet Betza Yod Tet Amud Aleph, the second line from the top of the Amud. The Gemara begins with the Beraita Tanur Rabbanan. The Beraita will talk about, as we began on Friday, the following situation. The Torah says in Parashat Emor in Perik, in Vayikra Perik Kafbet Pasuk Vav, Uba Hashemesh Vetaher Ve'ahar Yochal Min Haterumaki Lachmohu. The Pasuk describes how the Kohanim, when their immersion will take effect, it's at the time of Uba Hashemesh. In other words, Vitaher, the Tahara, will become effective, will become a reality with regards to them being pure. It's only after Uba Hashemesh. That's what we call Ha'arev Shemesh. It's after sunset. And as a result, if you're immersing a utensil or yourself uh, at a time during the day, you can't yet deal with matters of Kedushah as a Kohen until you have what's called Ha'arev Shemesh, until you have sunset. This uh, Pasuk and this concept is really mentioned at the very beginning of Talmud, in the first Mishnah and first page of Masechet Berachot, way back there. But that being the case, the Beraita, as a result, in our context, we'll talk about immersing, dipping a utensil uh, during Ben Hashem Ashot. Ben Hashem Ashot is the time period in between Shikiat Hamayim, between sunset and what we call Tzeta Kochavim, absolute night. Now, in that time period, obviously, you've already elapsed the time during which you'd be able to have Ha'arev Shemesh. You won't have sunset any longer. You already had the sunset. So immersing your utensil at any time, if it's tonight or Erev Yom Tov or Erev Shabbat or any other time during Ben Hashem Ashot poses that issue. The issue is, again, is that I'll have to wait until the next evening in order for it to be usable for all intents and purposes. That's what we need to keep in mind. Says the Beraita Tanura Banan. Sorry, which goes into the question of mine is that if we were concerned with strong back and pay those bills, down the Kakem, on the October or on Shabbat, the whole issue there is that it's going to look like it's the Kakem, but in reality, if it's not, if the item is not afforded on the spot, well, it's not tikkun anyway. You're not physically changing anything. The so point the is, the issue is near It appears as if you're fixing something. You are fixing something. It might not be yet fully usable, but you are fixing something. No, it's not good. Even though, says the Gemara If you have a keli, a utensil which became tameh from erev yom tov, that's what we'll deal with first. You can't immerse it, you can't dip it during the time period again, which we know is Ben Hashem Ashot, in between the suns, in between the sun and the moon, meaning between Shkiata Hama and Seta Kochavim, after sunset, before nightfall. It's prohibited to immerse it. That time period we know as Safek Yom, Safek Laila. That situation means that you're uncertain, halachically speaking, whether it's Yom Tob yet or still Hol. As a result, Tanakama, the first opinion, this Beraita says, you're not allowed to be Matbil. The same way when it's Vaday Yom Tob, you're not allowed to immerse a Keli, uh, whether it's because of Mitaken Mana or any of the other three reasons we mentioned in the Gemara. Ultimately speaking, you're not allowed to dip a utensil on Yom Tov. You're by extension, says this Beraita, the first opinion, not allowed to do it even when it's Safek Yom Tov, at the time period during which you're entering, but not certain if you're there yet, no immersing the utensil. Rabbi Shimon Shizuri goes a step further. And that has to do with our introduction. Rabbi Shimon Shizuri Omer, Af Behol En Matbilinoto. Even on a weekday, we would not permit you to go uh, we would tell you not to if we saw you doing so. Ben Hashem Ashot, 
to dip your utensil. Why not? That's what we preceded, that's what we mentioned in the introduction to the class, that the only time that utensil is going to become usable is after sunset. Well, that being the case, if the person is dipping it now in between sunset and nightfall, we fear that that person will say to themselves, well, it's usable now, I'm a Kohen, I can use it already tonight and tomorrow morning. We tell you even on a weekday not to do it at that time. Says the Gemara Vitanakama, the first opinion, was permitting during weekdays. His only prohibition, his only restriction was on Erev Yom Tov. Are you telling me that the first opinion in the Biraita, that of Tanakama, which we refer to, Tana means the author or, or a, a, a rabbi in a Mishnah, and Kama means the first one. When we have an anonymous opinion, we call it Tanakama. So you have over here Tanakama, the first opinion, and you have Rabbi Shimon Shizuri. Well, he has a name, that's the second opinion. So the Gemara therefore says five lines from the top. Tanakama, the first opinion, sometimes we'll refer to it as Hachamim. Other times we'll refer to it as Tanakama. La does not need. Ba'e means to need. Ha'arev shemesh, question mark. Is it really so that the first opinion wouldn't necessitate that there be sunset? Everybody agrees you need sunset. It's a pasuk, as I said, in Vayikra Perikaf Bet. Why is he more lenient on a week night going after sunset and before nightfall? Amarava. Rava says, I found Rabbanan Deve Rav. Rabbanan means the rabbis, maybe the aspiring rabbis or the rabbis that are Debe Rav of the Bet Midrash, meaning Rava was uh, frequenting the Bet Midrash. He said he found some of the students, some of the rabbis, De Yatve, they were sitting, we interchanged in Aramaic, Ataf with Ashin, Yatve, Yashve, they were sitting, Vikaamre. And they were saying, meaning Rava eavesdropped or got a part of the conversation in the Midrash when they were discussing this issue. They were explaining Tanakama. What's the issue with regards to Tanakama? Why does Tanakama, the first opinion in this Beraita, permit immersing your utensil, dipping your new keli uh, or, or old keli, which became Tameh, in between Shkiata Hama and Zeta Kochavim during a time known as Ben Hashemashot, why don't we have the fear that the person who does so won't wait now for Ha'arev Shemesh? So he heard some of the students explaining, Well, let's go backwards. The word Peleg, Pelag, means split. The Mahloket between Rabbi Shimon Shezuri and Hachamim meaning that which they are split on, is this issue. What's this issue? His mindset is seen upon him. The actions of the person could or could not portray what their mindset is. What does that mean? Well, it means to say, we'll read a concrete example in our Gemara, but oftentimes, if you want to guess whether I actually understand what I'm doing or not, in other words, you fear Harari's getting involved, Lo'aleinu, in some sort of business uh, endeavor, says, ah, I'm nervous for him, he doesn't know, he's gonna, he's gonna be uh, taken advantage of, he doesn't understand the marketplace properly, As then, then you watch the way he's doing things, and he's asking the right questions, and he's turning to the right people, 
Isahad, he must have had training. He knows a lot more than we gave him, uh, than we gave him credit for. My mindset, my approach in that context to business, to whatever dealing I'm involved in, is clear from my actions. You look for particular actions, you observe the overall activity, and say, ah, now I understand, he, he gets it. That's what the Gemara says is really the dispute between the Bishimon Shizuri and Hakamim over here. What do you mean? What actions do you have that show his mindset? The hechidame, hechidame is the way we say in Aramaic, and what's the case? Hechi means how, dame means similar, but it's a way when those two words are appended one to the other means. And what's the case? Kegon denakit mana beyade, v'rahit ve'azil ben hashemashot le'atbule. The case is nakit, he's holding mana, a, the utensil, who is the man who's interested in immersing it and dipping it, in his hand. So what the circumstance and situation the rabbis in the Midrash suggested is, first things first, this is what happened. It's not heke, it's not just happens to be a dispute about immersing, dipping your utensil, ben everybody agrees. All things being equal, equal, a neutral situation, you may not do it then. Oh, what are you talking about? The hachamim thought that you could. Well, the situation, you didn't know all the details. Situation is something along the lines of he's holding onto the utensil in his hand, and you see him, verahit. Rahit means, and he's running. Ve'azil, and he's going, ben Hashem Ashot, at the time close to ben Hashem Ashot, to dip it. So let's uh, review the situation. Let's not make it to dipping utensil. Let's make it um, Shabbat morning, and someone has a Kaddish, a family member passes away, and you look out your window and you forgot what time Minyan is. You're not certain, but you see that person racing to Knees from your window. You say, I know they're 10, 15 minutes in the, into the slaw right now. That's why he's running so quickly, because he knows he has to catch the first Kaddish. Here's the situation as a result in our Gemara. You see the person, right at the time of Ben Hashem Ashot, right before Ben Hashem Ashot, racing, running with the utensil in his hand. He's going to dip it. You say to yourself, this person knows the halakha. Why is he running so quickly? He must be running so quickly because he realizes he needs to get it into the mikveh before sunset, before shkiyat ha before he enters into that no man's zone of Ben Hashem Ashot. Because he wants that night to count, right? So his ma'asim, his actions, much as my questions and my maneuvers in the business example I gave, portray that he understands the halakha. The fact that he's running at this time period instead of taking his time, instead of even walking normally, shows us that he knows the halakha. After all, what was our fear to be Shimon Shizuri? You told us the fear is that since the person dips the utensil, takes his, uh, his pot, his pan, his, his spoon, which became Tameh Ben Hashem Ashot, oh my goodness, now he's going to use it before nightfall. No, you see that he's running very quickly. Even if he gets to the mikveh after sunset, which he probably will, he knows he can't use it. We don't have any fears. How do you know he knows he can? Who said he knows the halakha? He's running. He's running. He's trying to get there in time. If he makes it in time, if he gets there after Ben Hashem Ashot, he realizes, I missed the cutoff. The whole Ben Hashem Ashot means at the time leading up to and right at Ben Hashem Ashot. Of course, he missed it. That's why, that's why we have the question over here. 
But the point is, the fact that he was running shows me he was trying to get it in time. If he was trying to get it in time, it means he knows the halakha. If he knows the halakha, no gezerah. The gezerah, Rabbi Shimon Shizuri, is only because we think he doesn't know the time. He doesn't understand the halakha. That's, he made that clear to us. Uh, oh, okay. So what so says, says Eli, I made such a good case. The guy really knows if he's running. Rabbi Shimon Shizuri will give us a reason. Eli, I'll pause you for a second. You're a wonderful person. You have a Torah mindset, Baruch Hashem. But I got to tell you, most people see someone running. They don't, even with the utensils, they don't say they're running because they know the halakha. They say they're running because time is of essence. Time is uh, every you second spent is, is a dollar more. Right. He doesn't want to we're not talking about holidays, Jerry. Holiday we address, Hachamim agree holiday. We're talking about any night. That's what we're disputing now, any night. Whole holiday, Hachamim agree, you can't be Matbi. The question is on a whole night, tonight, you see a person running right before Shkia'ata Hamat. Says the Gemara, Morsavar, on the one hand, the literally means the master. We're referring to Tanakama, Hai Dekarahit Ve'azil. Hai means this, this that he's running and going. Rahit means to run again, Azil means to go. Medayada, he surely knows Deba'e that he needs, quote, Ha'arev Shemesh. He knows he needs to get that utensil into the mikveh and out. Before sunset, why else is he running? And if he misses it, he knows he shouldn't be using it. Rabbi Shimon Shizuri, Eli, believes that the reason he's running has nothing to do with the mitzvah, the halakha. He doesn't want to lose business time. Time is of essence. Every second lost is a dollar lost. Every second gained is another dollar made. In other words, what he, the reason he's running so quick, quickly, says Rabbi Shimon Shizuri, no, he doesn't know the halakha. There's no, no mahshav toni keret mitok ma'asav. We say he doesn't know the halakha. He's just a regular guy and he's running very quickly because he runs very quickly. All right, that's the suggestion of the Rabbanan de Ve'rav. So again, what do we have then in our Gemara? We have a Beraita which records a Mahloket. For all intents and purposes, the Mahloket is only about a weeknight, Ben Hashem Ashot, to immerse your utensils. If it's Erev Yom Tov, Ben Hashem Ashot, everybody agrees, both Hachamim and Bishma'on Shizuri, that it's Asur. Why is it Asur? Safek Yom, Safek Laila, Safek Yom Tov, Safek Hol, Asur. The next opinion, Bishma'on Shizuri, says even weeknights. I say, Hachamim, not weeknights. What's their Mahloket? Ultimately speaking, Hachamim agree with the Pasuk in the Torah. So what's the Mahlok? It says the rabbis of the Midrash, the Rabbanan de Ve'rav, which Rava happened upon, whom he listened to, who he was sitting with. What were they saying? They were explaining it's a whole circumstance, a whole situation. You saw the guy running something like that. He's making clear from his actions. He knows the halakha. There therefore is no fear that he's going to use the utensil that night before the next Ha'arev Shemesh. That's why it's okay according to the Hachamim. Bishimon Shizuri doesn't assume so positively. Can I dip it at night? What's that? Of course you could dip it at night, but it's not going to be used. Yeah. Says the Gemara, the Amina lehu ana, first wide line, Amina said, and lehu to them ana I. This is Rabbah speaking. Rabbah listened to the interpretation of the rabbis. I don't know about that. 
He says, I have an Eli uh, Boganim uh, mindset. My mindset is, if you see him running, I'll tell you why he's running. He's running because he knows the halakha. Literally means the whole world. For our purposes, it means Hachamim, Tanakama, and Bishimon Shizuri. They don't disagree. Who does it? They don't disagree. Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees, all things being equal. In that situation, just add the dimension of him running very quickly. You would say, he's okay, let him do it. An extra dimension. There's another detail, says Rava, which we didn't know about earlier, and that's what makes the mahluk, what's it called, Tanakaman Bishimon Shizuri. Kipiligeh, the situation specifically where they disagree, Bishimon Shizuri and Tanakama, Kegon, earlier, for example, the Itme, the Pahot Mika'adasha. Says the Gemara, says Rava, the situation was that earlier, Kigon, for example, Itme, a different utensil, became Tame, Bepahot Mika Adasha. Adasha is what? A lentil. It's a very small amount. But that small amount, our tradition is, is the, is the minimum size with regards to Tum'ah. Tum'ah is only entered into an item, is only effective in terms of uh, making it Tameh, making it impure and necessitating Tahara, if it's the size of Ka'adasha and larger. What's Ka'adasha? Again, some sort of lentil. It's a very small amount, but an even smaller amount of Tum'ah touched one of his utensils. And, Rabbi, what's the halakha in this situation? You ask him, well, how much was there? Well, it was a tiny amount. It was the size of, hmm, if I were to give it, maybe a sesame seed. That's smaller than a lentil. The guy's asking that question. Yesterday, a week ago, he asked that question. You think he knows the halakha or not? Now, he's running. He's running right before Ben Hashem Ashot. You think this guy's running because he knows the halakha? I turn to you, we look out the window, we see the guy running down the block. You say, look, Ashrechem Yisrael, look at him, he knows the halakha. The reason he's running is to get it in in time. I say, are you kidding me? I don't want to speak badly about him, but you know the type of question he asked me. By the way, I don't think like this, but I, I know the question he asked me last week. He asked me if, if it's so small a measurement, if he needs to be metahere. He doesn't know the halacha. Well, that's the issue. The issue here is that there was already, uh, the guy revealed about himself, he doesn't actually know the halachot properly. Says Rabbi Shimon Shizuri, if he doesn't know the halachot properly, that's why we see him running now. He's not running to get to the mikveh in time before Ben Hashem. He doesn't know that halacha. Same way he didn't know the halacha yesterday, a week ago, that ka'adasha is the minimal size. So too he doesn't know this. Hachamim, and we'll understand this from Rashi, disagree. They say, yes, he doesn't know all the halachot. He knows the basic halachot. Just one second. The halacha of adasha is not in the Torah. The measurement is not in the Torah. That he doesn't know. The Pasuk in the Torah, as I told you a few weeks ago, that he knows it's a Pasuk in the Torah. That's why the Gemara says, that's the issue, says Rava, that's taking place, that's separating the Bishimon Shizuri and Hachamim. We'll read it in a second. Yes, Charles. Because the whole issue, it's a great question, Charles asks, why are we emphasizing what the guy's thinking and what we think about him? The answer is that technically speaking, it touches on Charlie's question from earlier, you could dip your utensils whenever you like. 
The whole issue is, is this person going to do it wrong? Is he going to dip and now use them before, before he has a Ha'adev Shemesh? So everything we care about in this situation is, well, what does he know? What doesn't he know? Are we making a Gezerah for Tamideh Hachamim or are we making a Gezerah for Ameh Ha'adev? That's the whole point, right? So anyway, says the Gemara. No, no, here we're not on Yom Tov. Here we're on a weeknight. Um, the only distinction we had with regards to times is on Yom Tov or before Yom Tov. If it became Tameh on Yom Tov, we were Matir. If it was before Yom Tov, it doesn't matter when. You're saying because he was negligent or yeah. something like that? And he waited until right before the holiday. He pulled it against him. He pulled it against him. He pulled no, uh, any time before Yom Tov, we hold it against him. If it happened on Yom Tov, we permit it. That's it. That was the only, that was the only line that we drew. A, a, a to the best of my knowledge. Become tamir between the sesame seed and the lentil. What, what would cause it to become tamir? Like um, uh, there was uh, again. Keep in mind, animals, creatures can can touch it. So you had. It depends what size the uh, crawling uh, item was. Yeah. Animals have to be alive all day. No, uh, alive. Alive. Yeah, Shadatsi. Yeah, I mean, uh, it well, won't matter if they're alive or dead. What's the carcass is something else. No, our position the animal touching the item that's a dead animal. Why? No, I mean, it'll depend. But generally speaking, even if it's if it's alive, I mean, you have different types. You have nevela of, of a human right. being when they're dead, obviously. Anyway, it says the Gemara will be a kipelige kigon. What happened was an item became tameh on a smaller amount than the lentil size, and that same person had come in front of the hachamim to ask He asked them if it's smaller than the lentil size, does it make it tameh or not? The master, meaning Rabbi Shimon Shizuri, he believed, he thinks, from this, ha means this, he didn't learn from the fact that he didn't learn this law that pahot mika is not metameh. So, so too we can assume he also doesn't know the halacha that sunset is the cutoff time with regards to getting it in before then. Otherwise, it's not going to be tahor. Umor savar, but the hachamim disagree. Tanakama is more lenient. Ha hu gamir. This halacha, with regards to the size of Tumah, he didn't learn. Ha'arev shemesh, gamir, that's not to say that the law, which is in the Torah, ha'arev shemesh, he didn't know. The distinction between the two, again, I explained to you based on Rashi. The difference is whether it's a pasuk or not. Rashi in the first wide line writes, ha'hu de la gamir, de la ketiv The Torah never says explicitly, beka'adasha that the size of Tumah is the lentil size. Aval, ha'arev shemesh, when it comes to the sunset, for the tahara, uh, with regards to Kodashim and, and, and Terumah, the behedya ketiv, where it explicitly says it in the Torah, u'bah ha'shemesh v'tahev ha'har yochal min ha'terumah, migmar gamir, 
We cert- he certainly knows. Askinan, and Rashi uh, concludes and tells you, by the way, this whole sugya was talking about a kohen, because ultimately speaking, the only time this is going to be an effective law is not with regards to Hulin, but rather with regards to Tirumah. All right, that's what we have then in the Gemara. We have to now conclude the Mishnah's Halachot. We had a few last Halachot, which we didn't understand when we read them. The Mishnah just told us these words, didn't really tell us what they meant. The Mishnah said, Umatbilin migav legav. Even though the Mishnah said there's a mahluk between Bet Shammai and Bet Hilel with regards to a person dipping themselves on Yom Tov. Bet Hilel permit, Bet Shammai prohibit, they restrict. With regards to utensils, everybody agrees he can't do. Lastly, the Mishnah said, but everybody agrees that matbilin, you could be tovel, migav legav, from something to a something. And habura sounds like from a group, the habura to another group. What do those concepts mean? Gav literally means a back. Over here in our context, we're going to say it means from like one domain to another domain. Well, what are you talking about? Says the Gemara Tanur Banam, we have a Beraita which explains under what circumstances is it permitted on Yom Tov to dip the utensil if it's Gav Legav. Ketzad mi Gav Legav. How do you find the case of Gav Legav from one domain, one uh, area to another area? Harosela Asot Gato. Algav kado, the kado algav gito. In the following situation, you took a utensil, you thought you were going to use it for gito, for your wine press. Then you changed your mind and you said, I'm going to use it for my oil. Or the opposite, I was going to use it for my oil collection, and then I decided to use it for my wine press to collect wine. I have some sort of jug, some sort of cad of, of, of some sort or another. What's that? Uh, you still didn't use it at all. It's taho, well, it was tamir. I had a mindset when I immersed it the first time, so oh, I'm going to use it for the wine collection. And I changed my mind, and it's Yom Tov. I said, you know something? I think I'd rather use it for my uh, oil collection. I'll keep it there. What difference does it make? That's what the Mishnah tells us. It makes no difference. People think it makes a difference. People believe I need to dip it again. Why do you need to dip it again? People believe that the intention was significant. That's what the Mishnah says. If the person went ahead and he dipped it again, even though it was tahor already, because he believed, because he accepted maybe some sort of stringency upon himself, you know something, if I'm going to transfer the usage, I'll dip it every time. Unnecessary dipping, unnecessary tevilah, mutar to do on Shabbat. None of these restrictions which the hachamim set in place, none of the reasons for the restriction apply. He doesn't need to be dipping it. Beautiful. Keep all your utensils, keep yourself as clean as you can. It's all fantastic. Don't overdo it. OCD is dangerous sometimes. But ultimately speaking, we're not going to prohibit it on Yom Tov. Uh, that's the situation. Okay. I do. Nobody's telling you you need to do it. Nobody's telling you that. Uh, I'm, well, if I don't need to do it and I do it, I think it's fine. You're telling me if, if, I take, if I take a 15 minute walk on Yom Tov and uh, you know, I come back and I was a little tired, you can't quantify is when it's over strenuous activity. Over here, the person wants to do it. The person wants to do it. Why does he do it? He has a minhag of some sort. Oh, that could be worse, said Jerry. Don't, uh, don't, don't say those words. No, no, no. This is not Ben Hashem This is a regular immersion on the holiday. That wouldn't make a difference. Could be Ben Hashem It could actually be on the holiday. That's the. He's doing something, but since he's not doing something, it's okay. 
That's correct. Since he's not doing anything halakhically speaking, it's permitted. Apparently not. Says the Gemara, Ketzad mehabura lehabura. What's the case of from a group to a group? Well, I think we're all familiar, even though we've never done it, that with regards to uh, Korban Pesach, Korban Pesach was not an animal eaten individually. That would be a lot of meat to eat all in one night. It was eaten by groups. It was Sela Betavot, Sela Bayit. You had a group. That was called the Habura in the words of the Hakamim. Habur means to come together. So they used to have groups who would come together and they would eat from that animal and a group for that animal. And you actually had to have you know, the counting and the people enlisted before Yom Tov. It would happen that you wanted to switch your group. Now there's a debate, when could you switch your group? Let's assume you switched your group before Yom Tov. But you switched your group. But initially, you, you dipped your utensils because they were tamay in order to eat from the Korban Pesach with the intention of being with group A. I'm going to be with my friends. Now we got in a little bit of a dispute, or they're eating it too far. Whatever the situation is, I, you know, they're too loud for me. I'm going to go with that group instead. And then you, on Yom Tov, decided, it's the eight of Yom Tov, but it's already nightfall, it's Ben Hashem Hashot, past Ben Hashem Hashot. You know something, I, I, I'm going to go with that group now. And maybe you made that decision beforehand, because you maybe needed to do it before it. And you go and you dip your utensils again, but they were already tahor. But in your mind, I'm switching groups, I want everything to start afresh, to start anew. Am I allowed to do that on Yom Tov? In your mind, you think you're doing something. It appears to you as if it's metaken mana. That's the case. If your intention was, or maybe even ate the beginning in one habura, the kazai, and you want to switch to a different group, you're allowed to do so. Now, you didn't need to dip in such a situation. And as a result, it's completely and fully permitted to be dipping even on Yom Tov. All right, that's what we uh, did here in the Gemara. Kelimon. People, according to Beit Hillel, you could, without any excuse, go ahead. I mean, it's assuming you're Tameh. Even if you're Tameh. Uh, keep in mind, this is only an Isur de Rabbanan to begin with. It uh, doesn't mean to say that we don't have marit ayin on isurim uh, de rabbanan, but I mean, uh, many of the uh, issues were not per se, uh, I mean, they, they were restrictive issues. Apparently, the hakamim weren't nervous about marit ayin in such a circumstance. It says the next Mishnah, and the next Mishnah will deal with sacrifices which were brought on Yom Tov, which ones were permitted, which ones were prohibited, which ones were appropriate, and how could you appropriately bring it. Now, the Gemara, at the beginning of Masechet Hagigah, the Mishnayot, and the Gemara explained there were three korbanot which every individual was supposed to bring on the festivals, on the three uh, Mo'adim, three Regalim, that's Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. The three korbanot which were to be brought were Olat Re'iyah, and Olah is a korban which you benefit nothing from. Nobody does. It gets fully burnt, so to speak, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's Re'iyah, Milashon Yera Ufana. You're being seen by God, and so to speak, you're seeing God on the holiday. You had to bring a korban Olah, the Torah tells us. Additionally, you had to bring what's called Shalmeh Simcha, well, before that, Shalmei Hagiga. Shalmei Hagiga, the Torah talks about being a Hag. A Hag necessitates a special Korban, a Korban Hagiga. A Korban Shilamim means I burn the fats. To, that goes, so to speak, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The, uh, a certain portion of the animal uh, was given to the Kohanim, and then the rest of the flesh was eaten by the owners. That's a Shalmei Hagiga. And lastly, there was what's also known as a Shalmei Simcha, 
above and beyond another korban similar to the Shalmei Hagiga, Shalmei Simcha, which was brought on the holiday. Those are the three obligatory that you eat from that one as well. All korban shalamim you eat from. Um, uh, so that, that, those are the three korbanot. Now, uh, we're going to read some of the details in the Mishnah, but I'm going to tell you even before we read the Gemara, because we won't see the Gemara today, uh, that uh, the only, even we're going to see a dispute between Bet Shammai and Bet Hilel, even according to Bet Hilel, the only animals which were permitted to slaughter and sacrifice on the holiday were those which were obligatory on the holiday. If it's not obligatory on the holiday, then effectively you're doing a melacha which is inappropriate. No, 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 but one second, but I'm going to be eating from it. Uh, doesn't the Pasuk say, uh, Morris Ben and I were looking at it a few days ago, Pasuk says in Shemot Perek Yod Bet, If it's going to be for your own consumption, for your own enjoyment, you're allowed to do Melacha Yom Tov. But over here we say you're really doing it for God. You happen to be taken from what we call Shohan Gavua. The Gemara won't explain all this. And so as a result, if it's not, in other words, I made uh, from the goodness of my heart, I said I'm going to bring a Korban Shilamin. Ah, it's the holiday. Perfect timing, honey. We're going up to the Mikdash anyway. Let's do it on the holiday. That's prohibited even according to Beit Hilel. The question will be with regards to those three obligatory sacrifices, what's permitted and what's, uh, what's per- per- permitted and what's prohibited with regards to all other sacrifices sacrificial issues, you cannot bring them on the holiday. So here, let's just read some of it in the Mishnah, and we'll continue with it tomorrow. Bet Shammai Omrim, Mevi'in Shilamim, and again, I told you, even, even according to Bet Hilel, we're going to read Shilamim, we're talking about only Shalmei Hagigah and Shalmei Simcha, the sacrifices which were brought as an obligation on the holiday, you can bring Shilamim, Last detail we need for this Mishnah. There was a mitzvah, it's in Vayikra, at the beginning of Perek Gimal, where you're somechet yado. You had to take your hand and lean all your strength and energy onto the animal. What's that? It's, well, we'll, we'll read it in Rashi, and we'll see it in the Gemara. It's what's called mishtamesh ba'ale hayim. It's rabbinically prohibited. It's an interesting thing that it's, that it's prohibited to this extent, even in this context, but uh, you're not allowed to use an animal, rabbinically speaking. The hachamim say you're not allowed to be mishtamesh ba'ale hayim. We'll see other opinions in the Gemara with regards to this issue. But again, so according to Beit Shammai, you can bring the animal, but you can't do the simicha. But I thought you need simicha on an animal. According to Bet Shammai, you do it before the holiday. So before the holiday, you leaned onto the animal, you said a vidui, you verbally confessed, and then you bring it on the holiday. Aval lo olot. But according to Bet Shammai, the olat re'iyah, that one of those three sacrifices, which you weren't going to benefit from at all, you can't bring on the holiday. Oh, when do I bring it? I thought the Torah says to bring it. Either bring it on holamoed, but one second, Shavuot, there is no Cholamoyed. You bring it in the days after Cholamoyed. There's a specific amount of time. We'll learn about it in the Gemara. We learned about it in Rosh Hashanah. That's uh, with regards to the Bet Shammai. Bet Hilel Omrim, Mevi'in Shilamim, Ve'olot, Ve'somchina Alehem. Bet Hilel disagree. It sounds like they permit everything. I'm telling you already, don't believe they permit everything. They permit those three sacrifices. You bring them and do the Simicha on them on the holiday. Let's just quickly read... Three. Two korban shalamim, shalmeh simcha, shalmeh hagigah. According to Beit Hillel, you could do all three of them. Right, according to Beit Shammai, it's only two of them without simicha. Why no simicha? Let's just read from Rashi quickly. Six lines down in the wide lines. Ve'en somchina lehim. Rashi again reflecting only one of the opinions from the Gemara, but we'll discuss why. Shehis ha-simicha asura mishum shevut. 
Shavuot means rabbinic prohibitions. Whenever we talk about Shavuot, we mean rabbinically prohibited. It's rabbinically prohibited to lean on the animal. Shebekol koho hayasomech, because the way in which you would lean on the animal was with all your strength and energy. That's the halakha. The havale, and as a result, it is mishtamesh ba'ale hayim. It's as if you're using the animal, you're putting all your energy on it. Utnan. And the Mishnah Daf Lamidvav in our Masechet tells us, you're not allowed to ride on an animal. That means to say, our Mishnah, our Mishnah, no, it's still alive. You haven't slaughtered yet. You need to do it before you slaughter. That's what we have then in our Mishnah. So that's what we're going to address in the next uh, several classes in the Gemara, Halachot, with regards to this Mahlok Bet Shemaim Bet in the context of the Korbanot, which could or could not be brought on the holidays. Baruch Amen.